Hi, I'm Natalie Mullen, former people pleaser and queen of doing way too much, turned holistic life coach and wellness educator for purpose-seeking women of color and allies. Welcome to From a Full Cup. On this podcast, I teach you how to use the 12 pillars of wellness to discover your purpose, up-level your well-being, and create the life of your dreams, because we all deserve to be fulfilled, and you simply can't pour from an empty cup. Through candid conversations, insightful interviews, and motivational nuggets, you'll feel inspired, empowered, and supported as together we navigate this thing called life, holistically and with your well-being at the center. If you're committed to personal development and you're ready for more, you're in the right place. Now let's get started. Hey y'all, this is the fourth episode. Woohoo! I'm still experimenting and tickering with my did I say tinkering? I mean tinkering with my podcast style and format. And I welcome feedback at all points in time, but I'm really enjoying this. On Monday, I released a new type of episode I'm doing called Off the Cuff. It's really just my random thoughts and conversations I have, mostly with myself. And they're just short bursts, kind of raw, and just my unique personality, unscripted and unedited. So if you're into that kind of thing, then check it out. Now, last week I was talking about self-worth and I gave some practical tips to help you if you're struggling in that area. Self-worth is a key part of your relationship with yourself. The idea of loving yourself, valuing yourself, and recognizing all that you have to offer and standing in your truth is what empowers you. On the weekend, I had a speaking engagement and Laura Hughes, a fellow presenter, opened up her presentation by asking, what is your relationship with yourself? As I reflected on this, I was really happy with my answer. My answer was that I really love myself and I really like myself. I'm aware of my strengths and weaknesses, the areas where I shine and the areas that I still need to work on, but I'm really proud of myself and this current version of me. I've come a long, long way and I've dealt with a lot of stuff along the way, but I've had some really great moments too and everything has helped shape me to who I am today. And truthfully, I think I'm the bomb.com, okay? I'm proud of who I am and how I show up in the world because I'm able to be my full authentic self. Take it or leave it. I am completely unbothered. I am confident and I know who I am. And there's so much power and freedom in that and realizing that other people's opinions of you have no power or influence over you. And it's exciting for me because it wasn't always that way. Even though I've always been in general a confident person, There were periods of time where I had a lot of self-esteem issues or self-doubt, and they were buried deep down. So I I wasn't even aware of them for quite some time. Anyways, it was so important for me to talk about this because the relationship you have with yourself is the most important relationship in the world. Having a loving, aware, healthy relationship with yourself helps you to have stronger and more meaningful relationships with others. So today's episode is talking about navigating adult relationships and friendships and forming connections with others. So story time. Some time ago, I had gone to visit Zambia and it was really just such an amazing experience. And I was staying in a rural village. Our group was given an orientation of how we should approach people in the community. And one of the things that we were told is that when we're greeting people in the community, we couldn't just say, hi, how are you? Can I have so-and-so? Or like get to the point of what we were saying. We actually had to take the time to say, hi, how are you? How's your day today? How are you feeling? 
How's your family doing? How's everything going in your life? Um, is there any support that you'd like? Is there anything I can help you with? How did you feel like yesterday? Like it was just like really intense. And coming from a Western society and coming from Canada where, you know, a lot of it is just straight shooting, get to the point because people are in a rush and don't even have time to wait for answers. This was a really different way of thinking. And it was hard for me. <laughs> I remember going to people and be like, hi, can I get, and they would just look at me and I'd be like, oh, oh, okay. Sorry. My bad. Hi. How are you? Yes. Yes. How are you? Yeah. Okay. How, how were you yesterday? You Okay. And what's going on in life right now? How's your family? What did you have for dinner? Okay. Yeah. How's, how are your siblings? Okay. Like just way more questions. And it was hard because I was like, I don't even know what questions to ask. And that forced me to A, pause and B, to develop an interest. I had to develop an actual interest in the people I was speaking to and find ways to generally learn more about their lives and genuinely connect with them. And you can't you can't do this from a non-genuine place because it's very hard to just, you know, pick these random questions because it is still a conversation. And the more and more that I did it, I really got to bond with these community members. And it was so nice to just sit down and pause and and people also openly shared. So they wouldn't just respond with, I'm good. I'm fine. Everything's great. Right? Like they would be honest and they would they would share more. And that outpouring of communication really allowed for strong connections to be formed. And I'll never forget that experience. And I think of when, when I was living in Antigua, you know, living in Antigua is really interesting um, because you have to be, you greet the space, you greet people in the morning. Now in Canada, sure, if you pass people, especially colleagues or something like that, you would say good morning. But in Antigua, you like, for instance, let's just say you go into the bank, you, you say good morning just out loud and anybody in the bank will just receive your good morning. And I didn't really realize that. So at first when I moved there, I would just kind of walk in and sit by my seat and, you know, maybe I'm going to say good morning. Of course I would say good morning to the teller, right? But I, I wouldn't think to say good morning to all the people sitting on the chair waiting in line, but that's what it is. So in Antigua, when you go into a store, when you go into an office, when you go into a building, you, you just say good morning and you greet the space and you greet the collective, not just individual people. And that was really nice to see too. And it's just nice to see how different things are done in different places around the world. I think of, again, in Antigua, I think of my mother-in-law and she lives on a somewhat busy street. And, you know, if you're sitting on that front gallery or porch, people will walk or drive by all day long. But the people who walk, they're all going to say hi as they pass by. And they're not just going to say hi and keep walking. A lot of times they say, hi, how are you doing? Sometimes they come over to the fence, they lean over the gate, and they just talk and they just connect and have conversations. Even the people driving by, they slow down, they honk their horn, they wave, they ask how you're doing, if everything's all right. Sometimes you would, because Antigua is such a small place, it was just so easy to see people over and over again. You easily bumped into friends, whether at the grocery store or the movie theater or the gas station. So you were always given these opportunities to connect with other people. And so these natural connections became a staple part of life. You were It was impossible, 
Even for me as a foreigner, it was impossible for me to go a day in Antigua without seeing someone I knew after I had been living there for a few years. And that was beautiful. I was always connected to somebody. I never had to feel alone. As someone who studied sociology in university, I come from the perspective that we are born into a social group and that group is our family. And that from that point on, social groups are meant to be a very important part of our lives and that we're not meant to do life on our own. We used to live in hunter-gatherer societies, big family groups, lots of family and friends. Think of clans or, or tribes. We'd have several people living on one property in several homes that are closely connected to each other. And I really believe that this impacted our social health and our social well-being as a collective. But things have changed, and we're no longer connected to people in the same way. Relationships is one of the 12 elements of wellness. We naturally seek out relationships in our lives because they're vital to our lives. The idea of connection, communication, touch, these all contribute to our well-being. And we're always going to have relationships with other people because we don't live in an isolated world. There are, we have neighbors, we have colleagues, we have children, we have parents, we have siblings. It's impossible to get through this life without any other person. You just have to be in connection with people, whether you want to or not. People make up the world around us. So it makes sense when you realize that working on our relationships and learning healthy relationship skills can have a huge impact on our well-being. A lot of times we talk about mental health, emotional health, and physical health, but there's also something called social health. Psychology Today defines social health as the aspect of overall well-being that stems from connection and community. It's about having close bonds with family and friends, enjoying a sense of belonging to groups, and feeling supported, valued, and loved. Another definition from Total Wellness says that social health is the ability of individuals to form healthy and rewarding interpersonal relationships with others. Humans are social creatures and need others in order to feel stable and happy. Now, I've been reading the book, What Happened to You by Oprah and Dr. Bruce Green. Such a good book. I definitely recommend it. And it's been a fascinating read on topics of trauma, resilience, and healing. In the book, Bruce states that we as a society are relationally impoverished. Wow, impoverished. That's a really powerful statement. Can you imagine? Just look around you. I'm sure in this one day, just think about how many people you're going to interact with, whether virtually or in, in person. So the fact that we are impoverished when it comes to our relationships, it means that a lot of these relationships are not meaningful. They're superficial. They're more like encounters or interactions. But there's nothing that bonds people together. There's nothing that goes deeper. He also states that relationships are the currency of change. And he meant this in reference to people who have undergone childhood trauma. That was his specific research area. But it can be applied to any kind of trauma. There are hard points in life. We all go through difficult points in life. And what's one way that we can get through them? Or how can we move past hurdles and obstacles? One of those ways to bring healing to our lives is through relationships. And I want to ask you, 
let's just take a pause and how do you feel today? Like, how are you feeling in life? Is anything bothering you? Does anything feel off? Does anything feel out of balance? And now I want you to think more specifically, think about the relationships that you have in your life. What do you notice about those relationships? Do you notice a support system around you? You have good friends and family members that you can rely on? Do you have deep, meaningful connections with other adults in your life? And let's just say for a second that you don't. You don't really have these meaningful connections, these meaningful friendships, and these meaningful relationships. How would that impact your life? How would it make you feel? Maybe it's impacting your sense of connection with others, your joy, your sense of purpose. You might feel lonely or isolated at times. And if that is the case, do you want to make a change in your life? And if so, why would you want to make that change? Now, there are a lot of thoughts that some people have in their heads that they repeat over and over again. Thoughts can be really powerful. And these thoughts hold people back from forming adult friendships and relationships. Because what happens is the barrier always starts in our mind and it's what causes us to self-sabotage. And that's why it's so important when we're practicing disruptive wellness that we start with the mind and really examine our mindset so we can make some mental shifts and reprogram our thinking. As you listen, I want you to see if you can identify with any of the following thoughts. Number one, it's too hard to make new friends as an adult. It would require too much effort at this age, and it's just easier when you're younger and have more time and less responsibilities. Number two, people are unreliable. They can't be trusted. They're always letting people, they're always letting me down. Number three, I don't have time for new friendships and relationships. I'm busy, and everyone else is busy around me anyways. Nobody else has time either. Number four. I'm not actually interesting enough for others to want to be friends with me. Why would anyone want to be friends with me? I don't go anywhere. I don't do anything. I don't think people want to be friends with me. Number five. Friendships and relationships. Yeah, no, they're just not worth the effort. I don't really need people. I can do life on my own. Okay, so as you heard those different examples, did any of those thoughts resonate with you? Maybe you said one to yourself this morning, or maybe that's how you always feel. And beyond our thoughts, there are also some realities that complicate our ability to form meaningful connections and relationships with others. And as I go through the main ones, maybe it will help you identify what barriers or hurdles are holding you back from connecting with others. And I'll follow that up with some practical strategies you can use to move forward in building meaningful connections, friendships, and relationships with others. So the first reality might be that you're guarded. Someone or several someones have hurt you in the past, whether they've betrayed you, abandoned you, mistreated you, devalued you, or brought to you some other kind of harm. They've deeply wounded you, and you never want that to happen again. And because of this, you don't really trust people. You've built up a wall and don't want people to get close to you. You'd rather be by yourself because you know you can rely on yourself and won't let yourself down. 
Or maybe you're shy and you're an introvert. You don't like putting yourself out there. It's uncomfortable meeting new people. Maybe you're scared of rejection or being misunderstood. You're worried you can't be your authentic self. Maybe you just have social anxiety. It's uncomfortable and overwhelming when you meet people. You feel more comfortable behind a screen and connecting online. Maybe it's a lack of opportunity. You want to meet new people, but you live in a small town or you work remotely or you work a lot of hours or you're a solopreneur or you're in a demanding season of life. Maybe you have young children and you just don't have a lot of time. Maybe you don't have a support system that allows you time away to focus on social connections and relationships. I understand what a demanding season can look like in life. And I also understand when you're kind of in a box and there's no one to reach out to. Maybe you're in transition and you've just moved, you're in a new city or a country or a new company, and you just feel like you don't fit in. You don't know who to connect with. You're still trying to understand the new culture and environment of the new space that you're in. Or maybe you're in a new phase of life, maybe recently divorced or widowed. And you're just trying to understand, well, what does life look like in this new season? And lastly, maybe you're stressed and you just have a lot going on. You don't have the mental capacity or the emotional capacity to form new connections and relationships at this time. I see you. And if that's you, it's okay. It is so important to know and be aware of where you're at in life. And so my question is, did you see yourself in any of those realities? Or maybe you have a different reality that I didn't list. Whichever the case, I want you to know that relationships are powerful. I truly do believe that relationships and connections with others can be more healing and more impactful and effective than going to therapy. Just the power of talking to people can be so transformative. I love talking to people. I love talking, period, to be honest. Okay, but not everyone wants to or needs to do therapy. And not everyone wants to do deep work or maybe you already have and you're looking for other support. But whatever it is, I want you to really think about the relationship. And I have to pause and say for a second, don't, like, you've just got to know that sometimes it's not the season for you to make relationships. Sometimes it's a season for you to sit and for you to sit by yourself. And that might be because you have something traumatic going on or it's just a time that you need to heal or process something. And that's okay. You can can take a season off. Also, some people have to get cut off. Okay, when we're thinking of disruptive wellness, you've got to think what is best for you. And there are some relationships that got to go. Okay, maybe you just push them back to arm's length or you step back from that relationship. And maybe it's just for a season and maybe it's forever. And it doesn't have to be because there's bad blood. It's just that sometimes you're moving in a different direction and the alignment is simply not there. And it may require you having a potentially difficult or uncomfortable conversation or sending an email or just closing the door. Most times I do think an explanation is respectful, deserving, and appropriate. However, if the situation is toxic, just close the door and keep it moving. Choo-choo. And as I give this advice, just know this is something I'm currently living out and working through too. 
Even though I'm a wellness educator and a wellness coach, I myself am always undergoing and still in the process of my own wellness journey. It'll never stop until I die. And then it stops. Okay, sometimes the pruning can be painful, but it's always worth it in the end for you to be a better version of yourself. So now I want to ask you, what's, some, what's a step that you can take in the right direction to move the needle forward? What are you willing to do differently when it comes to forming relationships with others? Here are some practical strategies that you can do to build meaningful connections with others. The first one is to start by having a relationship with people. But I would suggest people that you pay. Now, this sounds weird, but let's just say you don't really trust people or you've had a lot of bad experiences. You need to start with more safe and consistent, stable relationships. When people are getting paid, you can usually rely on them more. So this can be something formal like a health coach or a wellness coach or maybe a business coach or a financial coach. Or it can be someone you pay for services such as a hairdresser or a massage therapist or your manicurist, right? People that you just happen to interact with on a consistent basis. I think of my friendship with my hairdresser, Denise, and oh my gosh, she's amazing. And I enjoy my monthly visits so much. This is when it pays to be a loyal person and keep working with the same people. Because over time, you really do allow these deep friendships and, and connections to form. They'll form just naturally because of you spending time together. You have to make sure the energy matches, though. So if the energy is off, then you might need to find a different service provider or just a different person to connect with. The second thing is to build a relationship with a handful of friends, but from different circles. And this is strategic and important. I see a lot of people who have like one best friend, but then that friend moves or they have an issue or they just fall off. And now that first person is just stranded. They never took the time to invest in other relationships. And it's important to include your work friends in this. I have so many friends from different jobs that I've had. And the key is that you really have to connect. And work friendships are tricky because a lot of times if you leave the job or they leave the job, the friendship just comes to an end. But you can have long-lasting friendships from work. The key is that you really have to connect. You have to talk about things besides work. You have to open up and be more personal. And you have to share just as much. That's a key. The third thing you can do is to find a digital community. Because the reality is, the digital world is a part of our society. It is our world. I've experienced three very specific and meaningful online communities in the last few years. What I will say, though, is that they were all for a season and they were based on a specific moment in time and they had a specific focus, these groups. And I'm actually no longer a part of any of these groups today, but for the season that I was in of life at the time, those groups were huge. They made such a difference in, who, in terms of who I was able to connect with and how I was able to feel support. So will you make long-lasting friendships from online groups? Maybe, maybe not. But it's more likely to be your source of connection for a specific time and for a specific reason. Two of the groups I was in were based on where I was at in life. And the support, accountability, and exchange of stories with people who were in similar enough situations brought so much healing and helped really validate my experiences. 
Ironically, this was actually a safer place for me and a safer space for me at the time than talking to people in person. And because of that, I was able to be super vulnerable and transparent and authentic. And so were the other people in the group as we were sharing things with each other. And these things were very personal. We were able to develop that trust online. Sometimes it's easier to talk to a stranger than to talk to people you know. You know what I mean? Like sometimes the things you're going through, you just don't want your friends to know your business. Or maybe you feel embarrassed. Or maybe it's just it's traumatic. Or maybe you're just not ready to talk about certain things. But with a stranger, it's like, oh, okay, let me start from, you know, day one. And you just tell them your whole life story. I'm sure we've all had a moment like that where either we've shared with a stranger or a stranger has shared with us some pretty personal things. It's actually a part of my plan to create a bespoke private online community to bring together like-minded people who are all on a journey of disruptive wellness and maybe just need support and accountability. And if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, let me know. My last tip is to find a community to involve yourself in. The origin of the word community actually comes from two words, common plus unity. What do you have in common with others? Well, your humanity for starters, right? We're all human beings on this planet. So what are some different communities that you might be able to join? Maybe it's a church community. For me growing up, so much of my connectedness stems from the church community. And the connections that I made as a child, as a teenager, and as a young adult have far outlasted the relationships I've made as an adult. Everyone, all the friends that were my age felt like my cousins. It just felt like a really big extended family. So when you find your community, stick to it if you can, right? Don't just switch from year to year, from month to month. Being loyal is a really important part of forming these meaningful connections. And if you're going to switch communities, just Think about it wisely because the older you get, it is a little bit harder to form meaningful and enduring relationships. Still possible though, so don't dismay. Another way that you can find community is by volunteering. Maybe you sit on a committee, especially a planning committee, because the idea of working together towards a shared common goal is so powerful and really unites you in special ways. Or maybe you're going to join an employee group at work or get involved in your union. Maybe you join a sports team or a hobbies club. Or you attend classes and workshops where you might meet other people that have similar interests as you. So for today's call to action, I want you to think of one person you can connect with this week. And I want you to give them a call. Just check on them and see how they're doing. See if they can stay on the see if you can stay on the phone with them for 15 minutes. This requires a back and forth contribution of value, discussion, and just exchange. And I say this because sometimes people don't offer out much. So it's really hard to have a meaningful conversation and it blocks the flow. Like if you're talking to someone and you're like, hey, how are you? And they're like, I'm fine. And you're like, what's going on in your life? And you're like, nothing, you know, everything's just good. Everything's good. Like, okay, I just, I don't really know where to go from there. So I'm probably going to be like, all right, cool. Talk to you next time. And I'm going to end the conversation. If it's one thing about me, I do not like awkward conversations and I don't like small talk. So we're going to need to build and we're going to need to build quickly because patience, you know, I'm working on that. So when you are talking to others and you're trying to form meaningful connections, be honest, share your wins, share your struggles, share what you're going through in life at the moment. Ask what's going on in their life and take a genuine interest. If you don't have anyone that you can call, I want you to find a colleague at work and just invite them for a coffee chat, whether virtually or in person, just to connect. And again, share a bit about your life and ask about theirs. 
How will you feel if you take this step, the step to be more intentional about either forming new connections and relationships or further developing the ones you already have? I hope it will leave you feeling inspired and more connected because that's what humanity is about, connection. We weren't put on a planet of 8 billion people to do life alone. It's never too late to make new friends and build close relationships, no matter how old you are or how challenging it may seem right now. Your struggles with adult friendships and relationships don't have to define you as a person. I'm telling you, you're valuable, you're worthy of love and connection, just like everybody else. The journey towards finding these meaningful friendships and relationships may be difficult, but every step you take towards it is a victory that brings you closer to the happiness and fulfillment you deserve. I invite you to say today's affirmation with me. I bring value to others. I am deserving of genuine, meaningful, and supportive connections and relationships in my life. In closing, human connection is the gold standard. I encourage you to pursue relational wealth by developing meaningful and deep-rooted connections with others. Navigating friendships and new relationships as an adult is a delicate dance, and you do need to learn to navigate and sit with the nuances. But go with the flow. Start gentle and build your friendships over time. Share more as appropriate. Give and take. Make sure the relationship is mutually beneficial and balanced. Nurture it. Treasure it. Value it. And whenever you are together, be present. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If it resonated with you, please shoot me an email or a DM to let me know. Subscribe to my weekly newsletter in the show notes to get more wellness content. This podcast is brought to you by Captivate, the best podcasting platform. If you're looking to start a podcast, I promise you it's the easiest way. You can start a free trial by clicking the links in the show notes. Until next time, continue to serve yourself, your loved ones, and your community from a full cup.